When the UFC partnered with the United States Anti-Doping Agency in 2015, random tests at levels never before seen in mixed martial arts began to be implemented. Sure, in the past, there was the occasional unexpected insect test that might cause John Jones to hide under a cage at his gym until the rep was gone, or force Jose Aldo to attempt to deport the tester from Brazil. But this program was different. USADA could and would test anyone, anytime, anywhere, and frequently. As you can imagine, such a policy has led to some really bizarre occurrences of the agency and fighters interacting. And today we're going to take a look at 10 such instances that are simply beyond belief. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point, and these are the 10 most outrageous USADA testing stories by UFC fighters. Number 10. Cowboy Cerrone holds up USADA. If I told you that Donald Cerrone had a crazy USADA story, I'm guessing you would say that makes a whole bunch of sense. The man's life is like a James Bond movie without the espionage. He's always somewhere exotic doing something incredibly dangerous, in some kind of recreational vehicle, and there's always a bunch of guns around. When Cowboy isn't defying death or fighting in 36 UFC bouts, he's at the BMF ranch, his home slash gym slash actual fucking ranch. Now, one thing that makes USADA so effective is the element of surprise. If they call and tell you that they're heading your way for a test, you could pull a Ray Liotta and Goodfellas and get rid of all the evidence. And so, USADA testers must only alert you when they knock on the door, sometimes late at night or early in the morning. As you can imagine, this has presented problems. On numerous occasions, Cerrone and others at the ranch have pulled guns on USADA reps just there to take a little bit of pee. Give me a little pee-pee. It's a gated-in property, so by the time they get to a door to knock on, they're well within the BMF ranch, and as far as Cerrone knows, there's some sort of invader. Donald isn't the only fighter to pull a gun on a USADA tester. Tim Kennedy has done so as well, no surprise there. Just another day in the life of a USADA rep, having a gun pointed in your face just for existing. Number 9. Where in the world is Yair Rodriguez? Following UFC Vegas 15, Dana White was asked about what was next for Yair Rodriguez, and he wasn't sure what to say or what he could say. Have we not talked publicly about that? No. I don't think he's going to fight soon. I don't know what the deal is. It's, it's actually none of my business what's going on there, so... Yeah, that's never good. On December 3rd, it was revealed that Rodriguez had been suspended by USADA for multiple whereabouts violations in a single year. Apparently, if you collect three in 12 months, you're in trouble. The six-month suspension is retroactive to September 8th, the last time he failed to be whereabouts he was supposed to be. So the way this works is the fighters have an app, and that app must be updated with accurate information about the fighter's location year-round so that USADA is able to test them at random. Why they don't just use a GPS tracker on their phone, I have no idea. But on three separate occasions, USADA reps showed up to test Rodriguez based on the info he was putting into the app, and he wasn't there. I can almost hear the thoughts in your head about how suspicious Yair's behavior appears. Surprisingly, USADA disagrees, however. In fact, they said Rodriguez is eligible for a suspension reduction because they don't believe his conduct was done to avoid being tested. Which means they believe that El Pantera either doesn't know how to use the USADA app, or just doesn't care enough about his career to update it, Weird story. Number 8. USADA visits Connor at sea. Some USADA assignments are better than others. One tester might have a gun pointed at them by a group of cowboys, and another gets to head to Corsica to meet up with Connor McGregor on a fucking yacht. As we just mentioned in the Yair Rodriguez entry, fighters are required to let USADA know of their whereabouts at all times. And even though McGregor retired for the 17th time earlier this year, he wasn't actually retired. I know, shocking. And as a member of the testing pool, it was time to test. So USADA sent one of their people to the Mediterranean Sea. What was Connor doing on a yacht off the coast? Coast of France? Apparently preparing for some type of 
endurance race that involves sea bikes. That's what he was doing. Connor tweeted about the tester's arrival and even shared a picture of the official paperwork as well as the testing kit. It's unknown if the USADA rep got a chance to hang out for a bit before exiting the yacht worth allegedly $3.9 million, but I'm sure it was a pretty cool experience either way. Minus watching Connor pee in a cup. The test certainly demonstrates the long arm USADA has. It makes them feel a bit like Marvel's S.H.I.E.L.D. If S.H.I.E.L.D. was there to make sure Iron Man is less awesome. Number 7. Nick Diaz streams a tester call. If there's one other fighter you might think has a whereabouts issue with USADA besides Yair Rodriguez, I'm guessing Nick Diaz would be on your short list. But while Rodriguez may or may not have had issues with the app, you get the sense that Stockton's first son just doesn't give a single fuck. What would give you that impression? Besides over a decade of anti-authority sentiment and actions by the fighter, how about his Snapchat story? You know, I've fucking been out all night, I have shit to do this week, I wanna go to sleep, I wanna wake up by fucking 2 o'clock. I told him I'm in room 7... 209, come drug test the motherfuckers, uh, I'm ready to do a drug test. So. I would love to think that at any hotel Nick goes to, he must stay in some variation of room 209, but I have a feeling that was not the case. This incident took place in 2016, and sure enough, Diaz would receive a one-year suspension because of those whereabouts failures in 2016 and early 2017. Why was his suspension longer than Yair's? Could be his past issues with drug tests, or it could be that they were simply tired of dealing with what you just saw in that Snapchat video. The only motherfucker ain't even doing no steroids. You want to show up at 6 o'clock on me? I told you I got some weed right here. We can smoke it together. Either way, Diaz accepted the suspension, probably because he hasn't fought since 2015 anyway, and his time was served. He's been eligible to compete again for nearly two years. With rumors of a comeback, let's hope Nick updates his USADA app. Number 6. Anthony Pettis gets cut by USADA. An hour before his fight with Nate Diaz at UFC 246, Anthony Pettis was doing what fighters do and filling up a bottle with piss for USADA. As part of the process to ensure no contamination, these bottles are not to be handled by anyone but the fighters before they're sealed in a bag and sent off. It's a special tamper-proof type of bottle. If you've seen the documentary Icarus, you're probably familiar with them. As Showtime was closing up his bottle, he noticed blood in the bag and realized something on the cap had broken and sliced his hand just under his thumb. Mind you, it's an hour before the fight. It's go time, and Anthony has a wound big enough to require stitches. Pettis' longtime coach, Duke Rufus, begged him to cancel the fight, but he wasn't about to back out this close to showtime. You see what I did there? So he had the UFC glue the gas shut. As a result, he was unable to warm up at all before going out, and the whole incident really threw off his game prior to the bout he would end up losing via unanimous decision. Earlier this year, Pettis revealed he would be suing USADA, the bottlemaker, and the UFC for the debacle. As lawsuits take a while, especially during the apocalypse, it's unclear just how far along that litigation is currently. Number 5. Mirko Krokop Refuses to Assist the legendary Mirko Krokop is well known for the phrase right leg hospital, left leg cemetery. But based on his experience with USADA, it would appear the phrase snitches get stitches would also be apt. The Pride FC standout found himself in a bit of hot water with USADA in 2015. Mirko needed a shoulder surgery and as part of his recovery was given human growth hormone. He told the UFC about the HGH to make sure he wasn't in violation of anything and they had him send an email explaining the situation. That correspondence was then used by USADA as an admission of guilt. The HGH never showed up in any tests whatsoever, but because he admitted it, thinking he was just explaining the situation to the UFC, he was given a two-year suspension. There was a caveat, however. The substantial assistance clause of the USADA bylaws. If Krokop were willing to provide information that would lead to USADA catching other fighters who are cheating, he could have his sentence reduced to nothing. Mirko told Croatian media that he was humiliated by the proposition and told USADA, quote, you can stop me from fighting in the UFC, but you will not
not take my soul. Which is officially the coldest shit anybody has ever said to a drug testing agency. The clause was allegedly used by John Jones during his 2018 USADA woes. However, the champion denies it to this day. Number 4. Mark Hunt's First Interaction with USADA In 2015, leading up to his bout with Bigfoot Silva, Mark Hunt got his first ever random USADA drug test, and he was impressed by their persistence. Less than a year later, the testing agency would be his sworn enemy alongside the UFC and Brock Lesnar. When the Beast Incarnate was allowed to forego the four months of mandatory time in the USADA testing pool before competing in the UFC. I'm a white boy, and I'm jacked. Deal with it. Brock, of course, would go on to fail two drug tests, one before the fight and one afterwards, prompting Hunt to sue just about everybody. But that's in the future. For now, Mark Hunt is being randomly tested in 2015 for the first time, and there's a problem. He needs to use the restroom. Normally, that would be exactly what USADA would want, but as I'm sure you've guessed by now, Hunt needed to take a shit. And it was apparently so urgent that he couldn't just fill the cup for fear of releasing his bowels. We've all been there, come on now. To Hunto's surprise, they told him to go right ahead and do his thing. And so he did, with a mixture of surprise, admiration, and I'm sure embarrassment. The sample was collected simultaneously, and the tester went on their way. Just another horrible day of working for USADA. It was, um, it was a surprise, but uh, I felt it, it was good. Number 3. Tim Kennedy Gets Cleaned Up It has to be a pretty terrifying proposition to be assigned by USADA to collect a sample from Tim Kennedy. Where is he going to be? What is he going to be doing? How many guns are going to be involved? In this instance, the test taker definitely got more than they bargained for, but I'm guessing it wasn't exactly in the way they imagined. A rep caught up with Kennedy at his home in 2016, right after getting finished with a long, hard workout. His immediate plans to take a shower, as one would when completely drenched in sweat, were met with a unique predicament, however. For whatever reason, it would be an hour before the rep could take a blood test, and now that they'd made contact, he would have to maintain a line of sight on Tim at all times prior to the collecting of the sample. When he explained this to Kennedy, he told him he was taking a shower anyway. And so the rep was forced to watch Tim clean up. According to an interview he did with Flow Combat, Kennedy told the tester, Shall I rinse again? Shall I use more soap? Are my balls clean? I'm sure the tester's fear that Tim would pull a gun on him when he arrived was preferable to whatever strange hell he found himself in for the hour before that test. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. Number 2. Yancy Medeiros gets visited while busy. Time waits for no man, and neither does USADA. Unless you're Yancey Medeiros. Just last month, the Hawaiian fighter was at home around 8pm knocking boots with his partner, as humans are known to do, when a USADA rep did some knocking of his own at the door. He was knocking at the door. Now, that would, under normal circumstances, require Yancey to drop whatever it is he was doing and go take care of business. Testing business. But you never leave the table on a heater, and before opening the door, Maderos finished his trip to Poundtown. I'm not sure if the USADA rep could have counted that as being unavailable for a test, but he decided to be a good dude about it and let the man finish. I sure hope everybody washed their hands. As per his tweet, Yancey was amused as the test taker tried to go about things as professionally as possible, knowing he just heard what he heard moments earlier. These guys and gals are real pros, you gotta hand it to them. The rep seemingly got his sample and then got out of there as quick as he could. Maderos joked, been tested pre and post competition, but during is a first. Hashtag you're all on steroids. I gotta hand it to him, that's pretty hilarious along with the entire situation. Number 1. Dan Ige gets tested, or does he? You're UFC featherweight Dan Ige, and you're awakened by the sound of your doorbell at 6.30 in the morning. You open the door to a woman who says, Hey, we're here to take your blood. You assume it's typical USADA fare, so you let them in and take a seat. The woman does her job efficiently and takes about four large vials of blood, a bit more than you're used to for testing. When you ask about the amount, she says this is for your labs. 
your labs. At this point, you want to do the paperwork, another standard step for a USADA visit. But the woman tells you not to worry, it's all digital. It's at this point that you mention your name, Dan Ige, to which the woman replies, Oh, you're not John? Confused and now angry, you politely ask the woman to leave, and only after she's gone do you realize that she kept the four large vials of your blood, and she most definitely didn't work for USADA. I know this sounds like the start of a bad sci-fi horror film, but that's exactly what happened to Dan Ige in April of last year. Ige believes it was likely a mix-up, as his home address is in a unique spot that oftentimes causes errant deliveries. But it is pretty creepy that his blood is out there. The last update on the story was that he was trying to find out where it went because he doesn't want to be cloned or framed for a crime. These are concerns one would have when their blood is stolen by fake USADA reps. A big, big thank you to Ben Rosette, who provided that sweet tune you heard in the intro. Check out his music by clicking the link in the description and go give him a follow on his Instagram and Twitter page, at Ben Rosette. Huge shout out to the legendary once and future King Tomas Welsh for editing this video together. Follow him on Instagram, at BigBeatVisual. That's beat as in the band from Doug and not a forceful strike. Thanks for watching. Please give us a like and subscribe. We've got three new videos or more for you every single week. Let us know what you thought of the video in the comments below. Follow On Point MMA on Twitter and have yourself a wonderful day.